Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Max Rushton. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, technology seems to be taking over tennis. There is a world in which there will be no human line judges anymore. And we asked Barry Cowan, the former British tennis player, what he made of that. And he was very interesting, wasn't he? Yeah, it was good. And it's a fascinating... The world of line judges is more interesting than you might think it is. Yeah. Jarlath Reagan joined us um, uh, to talk about a fellow Irishman, uh, amongst other things, and a new show he's doing, big Liverpool fan. Uh, so we chatted to him. And also, well, uh, what else do we have for you? birthday spread. We had a birthday spread. Mm. Now you're talking. It was, uh, it, was, it was an interesting one. And we had a bit of a chat about various things. And here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Max. I'm really interested to know what you thought of that Spurs game. We chatted a bit about it before the show, mm. but I uh, that first half an hour where even without Kane, Tottenham were passing the ball quickly. It was zipping yeah. about. They were, you know, Doherty was getting forward, was having a decent game. He looked good in midfield. I thought Lucas looked sharp. I was, I, I, and you know, Spurs dominated that game. And Everton just happened to score three goals, which I, I guess is quite an important <laughs> part of football. You sound like you the know? Tottenham manager. <laughs> we were brilliant. And you know, those goals, what happened there? Well, I, but it was, stra- I was sort of, you know, when they hmm. scored the first, I was like, oh, well, that is ridiculous because Tottenham had been all over them. And then when they got the second one, I was like, well, that, this isn't really real. Yeah. And then the penalty was so soft, it probably was a penalty, I guess. But then you're like, how is it 3-1? Yeah. Sort of baff- I was sort of baffled. But I was, I felt that first half an hour was the most excited I've been as a Tottenham fan right. watching a Jose Mourinho team. And, okay. and you know... Even when they were putting five and six past United and... Um, I thought Southampton... Southampton were winning. I thought Southampton... Played Tottenham off the park mm. for about forty-five minutes in that yeah. game. And I thought the United game, United really didn't turn up and had that sending off, didn't they? But actually, in terms of they're playing attacking football, it's not mm. just Kane to Son goal. There's a bit of there's there looks like a, there's a there's a strategy, there's a plan, there's they're sort of attacking in phases. All those things that I haven't seen Tottenham do for months. Yeah. However, they did let in five and lose. They did. You know. the, the thing was, I mean, as you probably are aware, I've, I've given the, the manager a little bit of stick, and at times he's said individual mistakes let us down when that wasn't the story, as much as bad selection and poor tactics and being very passive. But you can't blame him for last night at all. He obviously sent them out on the front foot, said. They're not going to be expecting this. So get on the front foot. And they did. They passed and moved. It was really good to watch. Mm. If they'd been a bit more clinical, 
Uh, the only criticism you might have, but I, you know, I don't know what his fitness level was. But if you're going to play like that, and that's the way you've decided to go out and play your game, then maybe play your best player from the start. Because had Kane been out there and been on the end of one that Lucas stuck over the bar and one or two others that they missed early on, I think they could have been three 0 up and potentially out of sight. As much as you could have been out of sight last night sure, at any point no, of the game, even point. if you were five 0 But it, so, it, it, but why didn't he start? With the only other thing I would say last night it was errors, uh, very uncharacteristic errors from Hoybier, slightly less uncharacteristic errors from uh, Hugo Lloris <laughs> uh, and uh, also from um, Lucas who lost the ball again lost possession we never really got it back and they scored the Richarlison goal and the, the Harry Winks one at the end I mean you know it's a routine little pass in midfield he missed controls and we don't really see the ball again until it's been picked out of the net for the fifth goal so he was right last night Jose they were let down by silly individual errors and that's what ultimately cost them I mean we should say you know, there were, there were, the, there were the, you know, in extra time, Kane misses that chance, and then Sigurdsson's pass to Bernard and his run is beautiful. Oh, no, that Sigurdsson is, is a yeah. wonderful, but it footballer. does come from a of ball course. just running to Harry Wink's feet, and I just don't know what happened. Why it ballooned off his calf like yeah. that? But we should also say Everton were, that were clinical, mm. relatively speaking. They made a few errors at the back. Mina let us in for the second goal, but they, you know, the chances they did get, they tended to put them away. So, and they played. Look, it was. A, I understand it was a great game for the neutral, and I, in the main, enjoyed. It. it was a real old ding dong. Yeah. Um, I liked Carlo Ancelotti just yeah. sipping on his tea, blowing. <laughs> in his tea, you know, Duncan Ferguson's <laughs> running around like a maniac. Yeah, you know it was a bit like when Everton scored at the weekend, and you know Duncan Ferguson is really hugging Carlo, and he's just standing there, sort of arms by his side. Going, Come on, Duncan, this is not, <laughs> not the place. Not joining in. Do you know what? I just the goal nets at Everton. I don't like them because you can't it? really see them, and it takes an extra oh, yeah. half second to realise it's a goal. Did you find that? Yes, I'm, I did. I, not just that, I thought it, it was an own goal for the, the second Davis and Sanchez. Yeah, I couldn't uh, I couldn't see his leg uh, until I saw it from a different angle. I don't quite know why that is, but it did seem a little but bit I odd. the goal nets, Bournemouth had that as well. Yeah. Bournemouth were kind of red and black and it just sort of, they, they blended into the background. Yeah. So you couldn't tell. I'm sure if you could I mean, fix it, them. It has been the standout game of, of uh, uh, sorry, the round possibly of the whole yes. FA Cup so well, far. I, it was a real old ding-dong. Mm, I tweeted last night that, you know, when they have the round and they obviously the, they have all the magic of the round mm. and they divide it up between the games and they just did, they gave all the magic of the cup to Everton Spurs yeah. and basically mm. all the other games were pretty tough to get through weren't yeah. they? they? Now were we, we want to set the, the listeners up with something and um, it, it, I don't know if you saw Pointless last night I wasn't planning to watch it I was obviously watching the football I was. and then somebody sent a tweet out which was picked up I think by you which said uh, the Premier League assistant referee Darren Can is on Pointless this is not a drill. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, okay, well, because I've met Darren before, we, him and Mike Malarkey and Howard Webb at the World Cup. Andy and I went along and had a chat with him in 2014 at the World Cup. Very nice guys. So I thought, I'll check that out. You don't often get... The only other time I, 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 I knew about it was Hugh Dallas when he was on Family Fortune. Oh, so you were aware of Hugh Dallas on uh, Family Fortunes? Uh, yeah, uh, he was on the, when, during the Max Bygraves year. Hugh Dallas was a very famous Scottish referee, did a couple of World Cup. Cups, uh, the top referee in Scotland for many years. And this is during the Max Bygraves years. If you've you never heard of Max Bygraves, ask Jamie O'Hara, he'll tell you all about him. But um, this was one of the moments, a, a, a good moment for Hugh in Family Fortunes. 100 people to name the first alcoholic drink. 100 people to name the first alcoholic drink they ever tasted. Whiskey. Whiskey. Did you? Whiskey. Whiskey, says you. Number six, are you 
won a prize already. You You've won yourself six bottles of champagne and six champagne flutes, and that's very hard to say. Six bottles of champagne, oh. six champagne flutes for Hugh Dallas. Whiskey's quite a punchy first alcohol. Yeah, I mean, isn't it? It's not shandy, <laughs> well, is it? You know, your, your old nan in Scotland, oh, my first was Guinness. My Mackerson, my nan used to dip my dummy in her Mackerson. Oh, really? So, which is, it probably explains a lot. And her Guinness, the stout-based drinks. Whereas right. maybe in Hugh's family, there was a little dram there and the old dummy would go in that. I mean, obviously, not for too long. Yeah. So, but, so but this brings us on to... So, yeah, and uh, Darren can... One pointless. He did. He got through. He had the choice of acting, with Emily's, friend. sailing, authors born in the 19th century, or Johann Sebastian Bach. And him and his mate went for sailing. Yeah. The, the one thing I thought was interesting was when Alexander Armstrong said, what are you going to do with the money if you win? He went, mm. I'm going to go to Vegas. I just didn't have Darren Can down yeah. as going to Vegas. But that's what he said. Anyway, it was uh, Shirley Robertson, the sailor, that was the pointless, pointless answer. Pointless answer. The first the one of the three, one. the one they thought was their less likely. Yeah. So, look, well done. Today. Marvellous Congratulations. Well done. 50, was it 1,500 quid? Something like that. Yeah. 750 pounds? Yeah. You could have a. You could probably have a long weekend in <laughs> Vegas for that, as long as you don't get on the tables. Well, flight's not included, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? But anyway, well done to him. So we're looking for some random sightings of the officials because I think back in the day, they had proper jobs. They weren't pros, were they? And below the Premier League, I don't think they are anyway. So it may be in your line of work that you come up against... It might be that you've been sawn off by a ref or a, a, a lino at the weekend, then you, you sort of pull up to, to, your, to your delivery or whatever, and that same bloke is there who's sawing you off because he's also got a shop or a, a yeah. company. I don't do, know. Do you want a couple before we break? Yeah, Oliver then. says, a Darren Can himself was further down the front row from me at a Frank Skinner gig a few oh, yeah. years back. Frank asked what he did for a living. Someone at the back shouted, he's a lino. It went downhill for Darren <laughs> from there, as you can imagine. <laughs> uh, Charlie says, uh, I sold uh, Lee Probert an under-counter freezer about 10 years ago when I worked for Curry's. What does so, that mean? Like a, a bit, like a dodgy freezer? <laughs> That's when I was just reading that thinking, I think it's a, I presume it's a type of freezer. Goes not on, like a, not yeah, like, not like, know, like, I'll tell you what, you I've got one here, but if you want a freezer, <laughs> mate, I've got one, I've got one down here, have a look at that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. The Aussie Open, we haven't really talked about it uh, very much. It's, um, they're not using, um, Humans for I mean, it wouldn't be they're not using pigs. They either. are for the tournament. Not, they are for the players. They're not using <laughs> yeah. line judges in the traditional way we've kind of got used to it in tennis because of uh, coronavirus. They they've extended the kind of Hawkeye technology, and some of the players were saying Jamie Murray's quite taken with it. He said if tennis goes to full electronic line calling, the pathway, of course, to being an official uh, is over. He said, but I do like it. It quickens up play. No conferencing with calls and no overrules. Other players are not massively impressed. They think the tech's been letting them down. We've had some odd let calls, haven't we, from Nick Kyrgios was moaning about as well. So, um, the role of tech in tennis, and uh, is it the end uh, of the line judge? And how do, you, how do you become a line judge? I'm quite interested in the whole world of it, really. It's not a good time to get in, though. I won't be... Yeah, When we get back from <laughs> Rwanda, I might take it up. <laughs> Barry Cowan, former British tennis player, uh, joins us now. Good afternoon, Barry. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, Max. I, tell you, I wouldn't want to be a linesman, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, did, you imagine you... being abused out by Kyrgios. <laughs> oh, exactly. I mean, I was just thinking that in the in the games. I mean, what, was there ever a kind of when, when you were playing and the the, the technology wasn't quite as, as rife? Did they ever used to say, "Well, why, you know, wouldn't it be great one day? This is not this is not down to humans. It's down to technology." Yeah, I'm actually, um, I'm 50-50 on it, actually. We've, we've seen it being introduced uh, now for a few years. 
And, and I think when you've got, let's say the O2, for instance, the, the ATP finals, I think when you've got one core and it's a showpiece event and it's indoors, I think it looks slick. I think it looks really good. However, I wouldn't want every tournament to go down that route. And I don't see how every tournament can go down that route because you have to, it costs a lot of money to get Hawkeye um, for each court. Mm. Um, I mean, it's all right for the Australian Open because they have the, they have the money um, to implement Hawkeye on each court. And if it's there, why not use the technology? And it saves, it saves spending money on officials. But um, while, while we're sort of on the subject, I first heard about it about three years ago at the US Open that they were very keen to go down that route because, and actually at the time I hadn't really something I thought about, the umpires, uh, sorry, the Lions people are sort of part of a union in, mm-hmm. in America. And there was a little bit of uproar, but they, they were sort of going, well, you know, why, why am I being shunted out on court 15? You know, I should be on court, I should be on the Arthur Ashe Stadium court, I should be on the main court. Mm. And so, so they kind of they were under pressure, and of course, it takes away that, doesn't it? Because yeah. you just just let technology, technology take over. I mean, really, the officials. It's not about them. It's not you know. It's like oh, I wonder, I wonder who's doing you know the baseline. I wonder who's doing foot faults on the Arthur. I imagine it's quite. A, I imagine one. it's quite a bitchy world, and there's a lot of bitterness goes on. Uh, in yes, it. I mean Barry. I mean, obviously, you you know, you didn't have to be aligned just because you were playing tennis. But I mean, you, what were they like? It's hard to generalise, isn't it? But as a rule. Well, it depends where you ended up playing. Mm. If, if it was if it was me, where I end sometimes at Timbuktu, <laughs> and and you you know you would arrive. I know this is no joke. I I, I arrived at a tournament, and you, it's two days before the tournament started, and they're actually training the lines people. You know they've got they've got these they've got Joe Bloggs and they've got Stanley coming from the cafe down the road. Wow. And so oh, do, you, do you fancy do you fancy line being a line judge for a week at a challenger tournament? So you know that. <laughs> Got that to think about, you know, it's our profession. And there's these guys, oh, they're you know, the light tennis. Why not? Why not be a lines person for a week? But obviously, at the top end, they, they are very, very, very professional, yeah. and, and a lot of them actually travel around the world being lines people. Well, I was going to ask you that. I wondered if it was they, if they were part of the circuit the way the umpires are, or whether they're just kind of. I imagine back in the day they were just sort of people who came through sort of county tennis and good at it, and a bit like you know amateur football, and it was just a, a thing you did for nothing. But it, it's it's quite it's quite a lucrative. Is it lucrative or not? No, it's not. No, no, it's not lucrative. And I mean, if we take this country for instance, when when I was a lot younger. And I was sort of playing junior tournaments, and then you start on the professional rung. You, 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 what it's called is futures. So it goes futures, which is the bottom rung, and you're literally earning pennies as a player. But you'd see the lines people on your line, um, uh, yeah, calling calling the calls, and and they are putting the groundwork in because ultimately, what do they want? They want to be able to call call the line on the centre court at Wimbledon. Mm. And if you don't have the right amount of hours, and it's all about the right amount of hours at the top top end. If you don't have the, you don't have the experience on the court at a, at a tournament in Manchester or Leeds, they're certainly not going to give you the chance to be able to, to call uh, the line on, on the centre court at Wimbledon. So, so that's generally how it works. And I think it will be interesting that you know moving forward, if we look at Wimbledon, I cannot see Wimbledon going down this route. I really can't. Well, apparently, they're looking at it. There's a few stories they're looking with interest at what's going on in Australia, and the fact that some of the players are moaning about it may put them off. But apparently, they are certainly at the moment, certainly this year with with the virus still yeah. likely to be with us. They are they are looking at it apparently, Barry. Which which absolutely is right, mm. and and their, their hands might be forced this year. But I think it would be reluctantly. 
because mm. Wimbledon want to keep that tradition. Yeah. And and I, and I personally, I like it at Wimbledon. I, and as I said, I'm, I'm, I am torn between it because there are certain tournaments where I really do feel it works. But but I think I think overall, when you look at every tournament, I do not see it happening um, in in two three years time. I still think see we'll, we'll see lines people. Okay. You know how you can only be a pilot. You know you know you have to take a certain amount of time off. How long? Can you because know, you, you know that John well, is your game. You've got to keep your hours well, up. That, that John isn't a game. No no you, you know you have got to have certain time between games. You have to. Oh, con- yeah. I mean oh, it's sorry, like yeah. the powers of concentration of just staring at one line. It's extraordinary, isn't it? <laughs> But actually, that match you mentioned, Max, the umpire was Mohamed Leani. And, and they played, well, it was over three days, wasn't it? And the, and the second day, I think it was 10 hours. He didn't get out of his chair for 10 hours. <laughs> That's not good. Wow, I, I bet mean, his smartwatch was going good. off like crazy, wasn't it? You've yeah. been sitting still too You know, long. like builders up a crane take a bottle, don't they? Yeah. I mean, what? Oh, yeah, what's, mean. It, what's, it, yeah I mean, what's he going to do? He can, Maybe the umpire's chairs are commodes and we never I knew. I mean, we've seen some of the Aussie Open um, uh, umpires getting funny about players taking comfort breaks one of them said the other day he said well I'll just wet myself then mate if that's what you want <laughs> so I mean you know maybe it's, if the umpire needs to go what happens then does he say can we just does he ever have you ever been in a situation where the, the umpire's had to take a break Barry no I haven't I mean I'd be, I'd be no use I mean, we have 90 seconds between the change of ends to try and somehow pop for the commentary box to uh, yeah to make life easier for yeah. us <laughs> good to talk to you Cheers, thanks Barry. very much yeah, likewise. All the best. There we are. Barry Cowan, former uh, British t- tennis player turned broadcaster. I do like the idea of the line judges actually being like a sort of debaucherous, depraved set, you know, going around the world, having yeah. these wild parties. And yeah, then like... By day, they're just working on their quads, just leaning down like that. But then at night, they are <laughs> they, off the they charts. Really, yeah, they people say things like, oh, cool, you want to see the line judge. You don't, don't go out with the lines like going out with roadies. Exactly. Don't go out with line judges. <laughs> it's, you're, oh, you're being bits. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hold up. 
The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Can I thank a friend of the show, uh, Barca Jim, who... Uh, and co-coms is a, is a difficult job, isn't it? Yeah. And, uh, you know, and uh, if you take co-coms literally, sometimes it can sound slightly ridiculous. And, uh, you know, uh, Martin Keown is very good at it. He's good on TalkSport as well. But he was on... Uh, he was doing a City game yesterday. Yeah. Swansea versus, uh, uh, you know, Manchester City, Swansea City, Manchester City. And he was asked about Phil Foden's goal against Liverpool. Foden mm. was obviously playing well and whatever. He said, oh, what about that goal against Liverpool and Martin Keown said he launched it into the top of the goal as if to say I'm now fully committed to my career you know, was that the moment well that's was what that, I read into it do you think yeah. if, if this goes over I'm going to do geography at Br- Brunel do you think I'm going to pick up <laughs> well, a trade this is the you. exact moment I, whenever a goal scored I'm always looking for the subtext <laughs> I think what, what was what was really going on there apart from a bloke just smashing it into the top of the net it's well it's thinking, good that Martin is quite you know I sort thinks of feel, deeply about these I sort things I sort of think Phil Foden might have committed to football a little bit earlier than just that moment but maybe <laughs> he, hadn't. he hadn't give up on the plumbing he was still doing that <laughs> take it or leave it unless this goes yeah. in um, what now, if Alisson had saved it yeah oh, God, imagine <laughs> there wasn't re- much danger of that really at the weekend we did say um, to you earlier on that um, Darren Can, the uh, top Premier League uh, assistant referee one of, the, one, one of our best I think it's fair to say mm-hmm. uh, season the World Cup uh, assistant referee back in 2014 uh, he was on pointless last night and um, and then he did a game afterwards, so it's clearly pointless isn't live, is it? We now know it's not a live show. <laughs> I think Richard Osman tweeted, fair yeah. play to Darren Cann for getting there so quickly after pointless. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but um, we just wondered if you'd had any uh, kind of uh, off-duty meetings with the officials. And you have, of course you have. Uh, Ant says, I saw um, Alan Wiley on the uh, car park bus at the NEC after watching Peter Kay a few years ago. We got eye contact, nodded, and his eyes were screaming at me not to raise attention to him in an enclosed place of beard up men there's yeah there could have been a few football fans in there but you know for every referee they have good games they have bad games but we only tend to we only tend to remember the bad games don't we? which is not says, fair not fair on that isn't. Uh, Paul said the legendary George Courtney came skiing with my school when I was 11 when I saw him sat at one of the nearby tables during breakfast it was a little surprising he had far, by far the loudest voice in the room George mm. Courtney um, many decibels Courtney wow okay and Charlie um, says Phil, Philip Don was the exam officer at my sixth form. Wow. We had him ref a staffy students game and every offside decision was met with shouts of there's daylight ref due to his influence in the season where offsides required daylight between the attacker and the defender. Uh, um, this is from Mark Carter. He says Paul Durkin playing crazy golf family holiday in Ibiza when I was in my <laughs> teens. It must be great to see someone who's been refereeing a, a big game you know, in front of 40 odd thousand people just trying to get through the windmill <laughs> repeatedly banging into the windmill I and think, it's not working. Uh, you know, a, a classic text subject of bad memorabilia mm. you've done it I've done it the best one I received was I have a signed Asda till receipt from Paul Durkin what's, what's that going to be worth signed signed till receipt um, Jason Bourne oh, how, did you, how, did, how did you get your hands well I didn't was it from the, a private collector the texter did I didn't oh you know, okay alright sorry it's a very specific interest I have in till I thought, receipts I thought you paid handsomely referees. for it online <laughs> or something okay. uh, TalkSports Jason Bourne says I was on holiday with my parents in Mallorca in 2002 next table in this restaurant was Graham Pohl and his family. A polite smile and nod was exchanged. Yeah. Meanwhile, Graham says, Uriah Rennie in Asda a few years back, trying to decide which three for one pound deal of Golden Wonder savoury rice snacks he wanted. <laughs> yeah. There you are. Uh, this is the Mike Dean one. Says uh, Steve says, I bumped into uh, Mike in the steam room of my local gym. I just uh, ushered him over and said, under or over on the cards this week, Mike? 
he was he just walked away. He said, Well he's got to, hasn't he? You know, he's not gonna be given an answer to a question like that. Did you see this? Um uh Lily Sinclair is somebody on Facebook, found a Costco card belonging to someone called Mark and posted anyone called Mark lost their Costco card, hoping it would and it's Mark Clattenburg. Oh. But obviously Lily didn't know who Mark Clattenburg was. But she did the decent thing. So that sounds like a sort of referee's fanzine, you know. <laughs> Mark Clattenburg's Costco card, latest well, edition. Well, we've got two hours left of the show. You know, we don't want Adrian to get the scoop or Jim to get it tomorrow. Do we know if Mark Clattenburg has found his, got his Costco card back? Well, I think he listens to talk sport. I mean, I we can put the word out there. Did he ever get it back? Did he remember losing it and how, how seismic was it? Are. Didn't he just go to customer services in Costco, say, I've lost my card, and they did him a new one? I don't have you all got these details. I don't know these details. Your photo done again. Yeah, You've got well, a cute to have your photo maybe done he, again. Maybe he liked the photo in his old Costco card. Yeah. 08717 <laughs> Only for Mark Clattenburg. Mark, yeah, if you're listening. We're, we're leaving all lines open Absolutely, for Mark Clattenburg. Yes, no other afternoon. calls are allowed through. No, that's right. Um, I should say we should congratulate Bumble, shouldn't we? Bumble's floating on the stock market, 8.2 billion, and he set up 22 million dates. Hello? That's Bumble. Isn't that very impressive? How's that? What are you talking about? <laughs> well, damn, it didn't work, did it? Bumble is a dating app. Oh, I see. For the, yeah, so I'm, a younger I'm, I'm generation. Out of although although you've also... asked me to go Rwanda, I'm, I'm, I'm off the market. <laughs> I have been for many years. Well, so, so am I. I. I know what it is. Yeah, but you, it, the missus is away. You're obviously keeping your eye in, aren't you? <laughs> well, the interesting thing about Bumble is yeah. uh, the reason it's been so successful is that women can accept men but men aren't allowed to accept women so if right. I was to try and play away while my wife is not here Bumble would be the wrong app to use okay anyway is the, is the phrase start the car used at any point <laughs> on Bumble it probably it has been whenever you get a match it says start the car exactly and he's from Dorset yeah Sorry, did, get a bit, did get a bit West Country yeah, I've got some bad both news did. for some interesting esports news oh yeah uh, pigs can be trained to use computer joysticks according to researchers really a study found pigs were able to move a cursor to hit a wall on a screen and earn a treat. Potentially, uh, there are more... Uh, there may be more that pigs are capable of learning and understanding and responding to than we've previously envisaged, said Professor Candice Crony of Purdue University, who co-authored the research. So Doesn't one... it make them sort of feckless? Don't they just sort of sit about playing, you know... You're on Playing the screen. Games. You're on too much. Get You're outside. Too much screen time. Fixing their eyes. Do some wallowing in mud. Yeah. But you know, in years to come, I put your swill out. Yeah, just bring the swill here. I don't really want to. I'm halfway through the game. But in years to come, it could be. You know, those commentators we had on yesterday. Yeah. You know, when, when we're long gone, Richard and Brandon, they'll yeah. be commentating on humans v pigs <laughs> in the esports world. Cup yeah. of cup of animals. <laughs> pigs versus humans. Uh, FIFA World Cup. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Making a welcome return to uh, talk a bit of football and more and tell us what he's up to is uh, comedian and podcaster, Jarlath Reagan. Good afternoon, Jarlath. Hello. Hello, boys. How are you doing? Yeah, we're, we're good. good, thank you. We're good. Before, before we talk about other matters, um, we thought you can tell us about your new weekly online comedy show. Yeah, I mean, I put this on uh, as an online comedy gig uh, for frontline charities, really, so that people can pay in, see an actual gig take place, comedy performed uh, to them in their living room, give them that going to a gig feeling in some way, shape or form. 
And we let in a free uh, group of key workers every week. So last week it was the teachers and they all bail in. And uh, really, it's been great. We've had unbelievable guests so far, like Joe Wilkinson, Ramesh Ranganathan, Phil Wang. Uh, and this week's lineup is uh, Rachel Paris, Luke Kempner and a bunch of other legends. I mean, it's just uh, it's Fun. one of those things you don't think it'll work. And then it does. <laughs> but I think people are just crying out for live entertainment now, aren't they? Do the comedians, you know, deliver it mm. just sat, you know, in their tracksuit mm. trousers, just staring at the screen slightly, you know, un- badly framed? Or do they stand up and do it like they do a gig? Yeah, well, this is a really good question because I think people don't really know what they're getting into <clears throat> with this. But the way it, way it works really is you buy a ticket from returnofthecrack.com. That's our website. And we'll send you a link either for the front row or the back row, mm. right? The back row, you're watching it the way everybody would on TV. It's streamed to you by YouTube. But if you're in the front row, you're in the Zoom call with okay. comedians. Oh. As you say, it's more of a conversation. So in essence, it's that gig that you, you know, the way you say, oh, comedians, you'd love to just go down and pub and have a chat with him. Well, in this this kind of setting, I think comics are getting used to the idea that, okay, we're not performing to the back of the room. We're actually in a conversation here where you've got certain things you want to get to, but there's things everybody wants to talk about and you get to talk about them with the front row. And of course, the beauty of this is if you get heckled by the front row, you just mute them. <laughs> you <laughs> I was, go. Yeah, dream. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. Have you, have you had hecklers? <laughs> yeah, actually, I had a guy the other night, the other night, last Friday night, watching it from a hospital ward. So his, you know, his heart monitor is beeping. Yeah. It's actually being heckled by heart monitors. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's wait. a hard one because you can't go. Can you pipe down there? Yes, <laughs> switch that off, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah turn off that thing. But uh, yeah, in a, in a strange way, there's much more excitement to a heckler in this setting because people are like, well, what's he going to do with this? Mm. Whereas if you're in the comedy store, somebody starts heckling, there's a little bit of, mate, shut your mouth and let us watch the show. Yeah. Whereas here it's it's like, let's see how this goes. This is interesting. <laughs> uh, so I've kind of enjoyed it, the bit of feedback from the front row. You also get to do that bit of people watching. Mm. So when you talk to somebody in the front row at a gig, you don't know where they're coming from. But here you get to slag off their couch, <laughs> their, yeah, their paper, their wallpaper, their whole setup. There's some people really can't set up a Zoom call, can they? They're either up the nostrils, completely dark, too <laughs> close to the mic, <laughs> upside down, sideways. I mean, trying to do it with your parents is the any kind of video call with your parents is more challenging than, you know, being president of the mm. United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> so return of the crack dot com. Uh, all the details are there. Hard. And is the show tomorrow? you got another show tomorrow, have you? Yes. Uh, show tomorrow, Ahir Shah, Fern Brady, Rachel Paris, Luke Kempner, who is the man of a thousand voices. Oh, He's yeah. going to do a Boris Johnson State of the Nation address that we can't wait for. He does some great football stuff as well. He's been working on his... Mikel Arteta <laughs> is really coming on. It's not easy to do Arteta, It's not. It? But as soon as you... I thought, where's he going to get hot? But he's found a way in. Right. I mean, he's Arsene Wenger. He's, of course, legendary. Now, um, you also do the Irishman Abroad podcast. I've been doing that mm. for uh, for a long time. And the Irishman even Running had, Even had Barry Glendenning on. Wow. Oh, that's okay. What a booking. Now, <laughs> you know, the, the former Premier League referee Dermot Gallagher uh, you may want to get in touch with Dermot. He, we've spoken to Dermot over the years say, on the station. He said, you know, he's been on here a lot uh, on the station. Was a regular on the Sports Bar every every week, and uh, he spoke to the good people at Paddy Power 
um, and did a, a chat with him, and basically spoke in his usual accent, a Dublin accent. He said he'd had to uh, temper it a little bit in this country. So knowing knowing what Paddy Power can be like, they're quite mischievous. Mm. One or two cynical people in the, well in this building. Let's just say. I won't. I won't. Not in this studio. But he's a cynic anyway. Not in this studio. But in the in the room next to the studio, saying, "Is this a Uh Paddy wind-up? Have they got Dermot?" And I thought they wouldn't do that, would they? But anyway, I I know you're not. You're not from Dublin, John, as far as I know. But you'd be able to spot an authentic Dublin accent if you heard one. So we're going to play a little bit of bit of what Dermot said uh, to the guys at Paddy Power. Here we go. When I first started on Sky TV, they were very very conscious of certain words I couldn't pronounce and I had to like watch the BBC news to try and um, words with TH in it I found very very difficult so I'd have to practice I'd, I'd be dreading them say was it a Thursday match and whatever and they, they were trying to explain to me there was a H in the word Thursday and that wasn't T-U-R-S There we are Dermot Gallagher we've never heard him before Unbelievable that someone at Sky would say you can't say Thursday, like, <laughs> like, like, like the viewers would be just blown away by him an Irish accent. They wouldn't say it to David O'Leary uh, or no. they wouldn't say it to Roy Keane, <laughs> no. certainly, or whatever. Come on, Roy. Yeah. So, um, what, what do you make of that, uh, Jonas? Well, I do know Dermot Gallagher is a is a Dublin man, born in Rings End, I believe. Mm. Uh, so that accent sounds an awful lot like the accents that you'll see at the London Irish Centre in Camden. Uh, you, you know, somebody who's been in the country a long time. I think that's legit. So good. I know well, I've I, I, good authority. We, we felt that. We felt that was mm. the case as well. So maybe could he be a future subject of the, the Irishman abroad? Oh, that was not a bad shout. I actually did have a, a referee lined up uh, to do the show. I can't remember what his name was. And then it fell through because these guys, he was active. So they're in demand all the time. But it's such an interesting subject now. And I think the last time I was on, I was talking about this and the rules and the kind of subjectivity of rules, mm. the way things are going and how we need to fix it. But yeah, Dermot Gallagher would be a great shout. I must get in touch there. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, try, we'll see if we can help there. Um, Irishman running abroad, you've told us about as well. With uh, How's the <laughs> running with Sonia O'Sullivan? How's the running going? Because you were doing pretty well, weren't you? The, the, uh, the running is going great. I'll be honest with you. The, the challenge to start with is telling yourself, I can do this, right? Mm. Because if you are if you are a non-runner, your experience is usually uh, after Christmas thinking, I'll go for a run here. And then you come back so sore that you go, I'll run again next uh, Boxing Day. Yeah. <laughs> I won't be doing it until then. But really what Sonia taught me was just that gradual build of a base of fitness. So you start by walking a little bit of running thrown in, then go back to your walking. And really just taking it that tiny, slow baby steps along the way has helped. Now, I haven't been able to avoid injury because I turned 40 during the summer and you're going to pick up niggling little pains, yeah. just like you would any anyway. But this week we had an amazing episode where Sonia Sullivan, who everybody knows, Olympic, champ, Olympian, Olympic silver medalist, world champion, world record holder, she basically opened her medicine cabinet of potions and ointments and gels that she's picked up over the counters across the world over the years that have helped her with the niggly muscle Ooh. and joint pains. And it was unbelievable to hear some of the stuff she was pulling out. Emu oil was one of them. Really? <laughs> like, what? Mm. 
<laughs> emu, oh, well, emus yeah. are quite fast, I guess. Yeah, they, they are. So it all helps. If you go as quick as an emu, yeah. Oh, well, what's that even made out of? Like yeah. crushed up emu. <laughs> <laughs> Stick an emu in a Nutribullet, and you're that's, that's it. Yeah, that's Off it. you go. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So that that's been fascinating as well. And uh, yeah, we've got a Gaelic Games guest on uh, this this Sunday on the main interview, who's a hardcore Liverpool fan like yeah. myself. And, uh, yeah, tough times for us. It is. You know what? We've run, we've run out of time. We didn't get round to Liverpool, um, but maybe that's a good thing at the moment. We'll come back to you when they when they've turned things around. We'll catch up with Next you soon, Charlotte. Good to talk to you. Absolutely, yeah. Good to talk to you, boys. All the best. Cheers, man. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Time then for the birthday spread. Uh, Andy Jacobs will be uh, bringing us the gags. Jeff Peters is our score. It's very simple. Andy's going to set us ten uh, people whose birthday it was this week. We've got to try and guess how old they were. The one with the smallest margin of error over the ten birthdays, the least years out, is the winner in the last four weeks since we've been doing this. I've been the winner, but that could change today. Max has certainly put the hours in. Uh, good afternoon, Andy. Yeah, I'm having a few technical issues. Moose sounded terrible. But, oh, did he? Uh, well, that's a bit harsh. Everyone's a critic. You meant the sound quality, was that, not, was that the, not audio the content. Or just... <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay, well, look, can you hear us now? Oh, I can hear you. Oh, good. You can hear me, that's I can fine. absolutely hear you, and I'm fully... I'm just going to yeah. listen to your wonderful jokes, and you not care about the no, score. No, no, <laughs> I don't, as I said, I don't expect any laughs, just the courtesy of listening. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. you put the work in. Okay, Jeff Peters is going to keep score. Good afternoon, Jeff. Afternoon from the birthday spread scoring nerve centre. Oh, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> really, I just see this hubbub of people. You, how can you socially distance with that level of noise? It must be, must be like an air, a sort of aircraft we hangar. Sh- we should say hello to Muzaffa B, who has an entire spreadsheet of all the scores. So I don't know if you're hiring Jeff in the near future. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, <laughs> if you want somebody to join you there in Stockley Park. So, uh, actually, we crack on. Pele, Pele's ready. Oh, yeah. I think here he is. Yeah, okay, yeah, good. First birthday. Okay, play. Well, Do play along at home, folks. Have a guess along with us. Okay, a nice easy one to start with. The TV presenter Holly Willoughby. And uh, she's got a large uh, forest at the end of her garden where she holds these legendary parties. I was really surprised to see Frank Lampard at the one I went to. I hadn't realised Frankie goes to Hollywood. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. Do you want to kick us off? I, I have to hold my hand. So up do in the I. Air. Yeah, this is a this she's is a 40, gimme for forty years old. A, yeah, she's yeah. in all yeah, the tabloids today talking about there being forty. But you've done the gag, a, Andy, and you didn't care. Did what a you? beautiful <laughs> moment! What a beautiful moment there. Yeah, that was like De Canio catching the ball. It was. We had a fair play yeah, moment. Did, yeah. like one of those slow mo FIFA moments from a World Cup. The crowd are applauding. Um, yeah, forty. So the score. We know the scores, Jeff, don't we? It's Paul Nil, Max Nil. Beautiful. Yes, this will this will separate the men. Okay, who's going to go? Who's going to go? I'm going to go first. Okay, next. Then oh, no, yeah, yeah. go on then. It's uh, the president of the Institute of Physics and chief executive of Oxford Instruments from 2005 to 16, Jonathan Flint. Jonathan Flint and uh, we were at football do a charity do I think it was Nordoff Robbins if I remember rightly and I introduced him to City centre half John Stones I said Flint Stones meet the Flint Stones very good production wow oh no Jeff didn't deserve Jeff's, that Jeff's, Jeff's doing production now I had a feeling that Andy might go down that route yeah. <laughs> <It> was <good. laughs> well anticipated there um, I'd say uh, 60 Eight, um, Andy. What do you think, Max? Seventy-two. Uh, Jonathan Flint, sixty. Oh, okay. okay. What's the score, Jeff? It's Paul eight, Max twelve. Okay, Max's first next. Take it away, Andy. Okay, I've just got the theme for this one. I'll, I'll 
Take my hat off. I haven't. <laughs> okay. It's uh, Len Skeet, the jazz. I think, what was he, Len? He was a jazz bassist. Len Skeet. Oh, no. I should know that because I used to go around to his house every weekend for a roast dinner with the late, great David Vine. Oh, we love Skeet Sunday. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Jeff. Where's the... Exactly. Is it me to go? This is the moment in the birthday spread so early where Paul goes, I think Len Skeet's a bit older than that. 71. Uh, I actually do. I, I look, I, I think Len is probably a bit older than that. Ah, I'm going to go 80, 84. He's 84. Oh, oh, no. Oh, oh, oh. So much work. I've got to go Bielsa ball straight away. Oh. So it's it's Paul 8, Max 25. Okay, 825. Oh, I, okay, I almost swore there. Oh. <laughs> See how much he gets into this. It's embarrassing. Anyway, uh, what's next, Andy? Next game. It's, it's the great singer-songwriter, Carol King. Oh, wow. Carol, and who can forget her genre-defining album about eating Spanish nibbles in an arboretum? Yes, tapas tree. Oh, <laughs> blimey. Yeah. Blimey. Well, she's got to be... She's got to be in her 70s, isn't she? Early... 71, I'm going to go. Carol King. Oh, 74. Okay. Oh, Max is back there. She's 79. Wow. I could have got more, but that's okay. Got, yeah, you've, you've clawed, back, you've clawed back. it back. That's right. You've got to score just before half-time like Eric Lamella. So Paul is eight <laughs> out. Yeah. Max is five out. Paul is on 16, and Max is on 30. Okay, come on. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. On Next up. Right. A very happy birthday to the economist Guy Standing. Hmm. Guy Standing, and I bumped into him actually outside the Deedpole office. He was going to change his name to Elton Johns, but he changed his mind. He told me, I'm still standing. <laughs> of course he did. God. Talk about seeing it a mile off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you can't do anything about it. No, you no, see no, it no, coming. no, but you've got to enjoy it. I hope Andy's enjoying me loving this. What do I think? Guy Standing. Well, I think Guy Standing is. Go on. 58. Yeah, I would have said around that. Um, Do you know who he is? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. Uh, sorry, Guy, if you're listening. Why, so, why, um, I, 59. 73. Oh, blimey. He, he'll, he'll be pleased. He obviously he will doesn't be pleased. Look, so, I think given how far ahead you are, just a, just a you know, that's yeah. quite dirty play from you just there, just to go well, No, but that's what I thought. Oh, I've got to be honest. Thought, I've got standing. Got okay, yeah, I mean, I can, be, <laughs> I can say 16 if you like, but I'm wasting everybody's time. So, <laughs> so <laughs> what is he? Let's, we might be arguably wasting people's time right yeah, now. We've Paul. already established he's 73. Yeah. So, Seven, oh, sorry, yeah. So Paul is 14 out, Max is 15 out, Paul is on 30, Max is on 45. How are you getting on at home? Oh, very good. You're better than us. <laughs> probably turned off with yeah, my guess. I can't imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Come, Come on, on Andy. Andy. Get a Cambridge United right back. Come on, Andy Fenton. Okay. Here we go. Yes, Cambridge United, Cambridge United women's right back, Amber Valletta. Oh, right. Also supermodel and actress, Amber Valletta. Amber Valletta. Oh, wow. Yes. I was taking part in a celebrity Formula One race, and she was in the pits, but I didn't see her. I drove straight through Amber. <laughs> oh, dear. God, that's been dark. It's quite um, dark. It's I, don't, a bit. I don't know. Oh, she went to the United... Didn't she go to the United States for Letter from America? Oh, I see. Oh, <laughs> for Letter from competition. America. Here we go. I was once doing the news on a radio show where uh, the <laughs> presenter said, look, you can join in, but as Tom O'Connor says on Crosswits, I do the jokes. No, no, By the end of this, I'll three will be redundant it'll be Jeff doing everything on there'll his be, own the be jokes a, the scoring Jeff will be getting a, a memo after this 
show from Andy's yeah, department. Okay. Um, okay. I don't Amber Valletta, I don't know. I don't know her. This this is a big this is a, a seismic moment, seminal moment in this game. She could be anything from eighty, she could be an old model, she could be a current one. Um I'm gonna go current. Thirty no, 44, 44, 44, 44. What do you think, Max? 29. Ooh. Ooh, she's 47. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fact she wasn't just a model, she was an actress and she'd done other stuff. That was oh, you've thought it yeah. through, I see. Well, yeah, that's what you do. That's why I say you get good at this game, Max. Put the hours in. So, so Paul, Paul is three out. Yeah. Max is 18 out. Paul is on 33. Max <laughs> is on 63. You can come back. It's only 30, in it? How many left, Jeff? Four. Four. Uh, Go on, keep going, four. Andy. Okay, uh, very happy birthday to the theatre critic, Susanna Clapp. Susanna Clapp. Where are we going here? Get your finger <laughs> on the dumb <laughs> <laughs> She's a massive fan of the albums of Mariah Carey. Every night, at, every Thursday night at 8pm, she stands outside her house showing her appreciation. <laughs> yes, it's Clapp for Carey's. Clapp <laughs> for Carey's. Susanna Clapp. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. <laughs> what does she do yeah, again? I was too focused on the joke. What did she do, Susanna Clapp? <laughs> theatre critic. Theatre critic. Gone, gone the other way. Yeah, yeah. going to blame me. <laughs> She's a theatre critic and she is 48. I don't know. I, um, I'm going to go 60. For goodness sake. Come on, I've got to take some risks here. Six, clearly click 66, Andy. <laughs> She's 72. Okay. Oh, What's that doing, done to it? the scores, Jeff? Uh, so, Paul, so, Paul, you said 66, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yes, I did. Um, so, she's six out. Uh, Max, you are 24 out. So, yeah. Paul moves on to 39. And Max moves on to 87. Okay, I might just play around at the back for the last. I might just take it in the corners. I'm looking for a vote of confidence from the the, uh, director of Go on, Andy, keep going. Okay, the uh, very happy birthday to the swimmer, the great Olympic champion, Mark Spitz. And uh, he also tried his luck at competitive open water swimming, but was nowhere near as successful. He was just a Spitz in the ocean. Good. Um, that could have been worse as well. Yes. It could have been, yeah. I'm, I'm first, aren't I? You are, yes. I thought Bob Carroll G's was turning up at any point. Well, well that's, so, why, that's why I got the sound effect of... <laughs> oh, OK, fair enough. Um, Mark Spitz has got to be getting on. What is he, about 60, 64 now I'm going to go. Max, what do you think, Mark Spitz? I mean, I think about right. It's this tricky position for me here, but you're just for don't, pride. Um, don't play because you've got two opportunities to bring this back. OK. Uh, 67. Well, a little bit back. He's 71. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So Maybe Paul is seven out. Max yes. is four out. Mm. So Paul moves on to 46. And yeah. Max narrows the gap by moving on to 91. Okay, right. Uh, is it two left? Uh, yes. Two left. Yeah, two quick. left. Uh, yes, it's the chairman of the Defence and Science Technology Laboratory from 2014 to 19, director of GCHQ, a lot of titles, Sir David Pepper. Right. Sir David Pepper. One time he was based in Bahrain. They treated him like royalty. Yes, he was known as Salt and Pepper. That's very good. <laughs> um, what do you think? I think Sir David Pepper is 67. Okay, I've got to be true to that. I'll go 68. Oh, well, I've okay. got no chance. It's disgraceful. It's absolutely disgraceful. Well, look, you look at the years. I, I agree. You look at the, you, no, 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 no. Phil, you're four no, years. No, no, You look at that. I could have said he was 17. I'll probably still win. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Oh, here we, oh, yeah. Here we go. If you like, out now. bring your mates and bring your dinner. So, uh, I'm gonna, so that's, that's what I've gone it's with, anyway. the nasty side of Paul Hawkins. <laughs> you never knew. It's all coming out now. Yeah. <laughs> so, Paul, Paul is five. Well, how old is he? How old was he, Andy? 
Oh, sorry, he's <laughs> 73. Oh, oh, sorry, 73, OK, fair enough. So Paul 5 out, Max 6 out, Paul on 51, Max on 97. So there's 46 between them with yeah. one to play. I'm using the okay. same thought processes as you, though, Max, because obviously you looked at his years when he was in the job, yeah. so I'd be mad to say he's 93 and I'd be mad to say he's 22. <laughs> so I have to be true to the yeah, game, still, otherwise I'm, I'm, I'm a okay. fault of myself. I understand. It Paul, was not s Housery on any <laughs> level. And Paul, you have to go first on the last one as you're in the lead. Go on, then, yeah. Go on, Andy. OK, changing the running order, Jeff. Uh, it's no longer Robert Wagner. It is Philip Glenister. The oh, yeah. Actor, Philip Glenister. Okay. And he was a hero recently when he alerted the emergency services to a nasty situation at the house of the singer of Can the Can and Devilgate Drive. Fire up the quattro, he said. That's very good, yeah, for fans of uh, Life on Mars. Um, Philip Glenister, that's a very gettable one, isn't it? <laughs> that's um, gettable. 50... Seven. What do you think, Max? Again, you're going to have to be true. You can't say 93 because you know he isn't. And you can't say I'm 10. Try and win. I was, I was going to say 10. But okay. You want to say 10? Uh, <laughs> no, don't say 10. What did you say? I said 57. 57. I think he is 54. Well, he's 58. Oh, okay. okay. So... Bad luck. I, I suggest that Max, next week you don't listen to the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you went wrong. You listen to the jokes. So, so Paul is one out. Max is four out. Paul finishes on fifty-two, and Max. <laughs> it was Len. It's Len Skeet's fault. It is Len Skeet's fault. And yeah. Max finishes <laughs> on room one hundred and one. One hundred and one. Oh, wow. So wow. It, it's, I mean, it, that was your worst performance was, so far. I think. I think you've just got to relax. Just relax. <laughs> You're taking it far too serious. He was only one out last week. He was, and look at that now. And I had, had a draw the, one before, the week before. Oh, no. So oh. look, don't worry. You just, you'll be back. We go, we go again. We go, we go again. Six <laughs> nil to Hawksby. Oh, uh, thank yes. you, Jeff. Thank Cheers, you guys. Much. Thank you, Andy. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, pleasure, guys. Thanks very there much. Andy Bye. Jacobs returns tomorrow. Come on, Max. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon show. And um, we'll do it all again. Max, you're, you're back with me on Tuesday, aren't you? No, you're not next Tuesday. No, I'm not Tuesday. No. Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Yeah, Charlie Baker with me Tuesday. I've been suspended for one game. <laughs> after my, that birthday after spread. That birthday spread. <laughs> That's right. It's been kicked out. Um, but no, uh, Charlie with me on Tuesday. Andy Jacobs back tomorrow. If you can listen from one for Clips of the Week and more, great. If you can't, the podcast will be available at around five. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.